Hello everyone. We are finally back with episode 78 of the What The Sheep podcast where Alana and myself will be discussing breaking down not only campaign 3 episode 22 but also last night's episode 23. So with episode 22 we've got a lot of really interesting Ashton stuff. We had a little bit of FCG stuff because as it turns out FCG was constructed in Basurus, which is where the party will be heading. We also got a little bit more Chetney stuff. It was more of just uh, rehashing information we already knew and then giving Chetney like a point of contact in Yeos when they eventually head over there. So I think the thing that people really want to talk about and hear about <laughs> is all of the Ashton stuff that happened. I've got nothing to say about it. Yeah, y'all missed it. Y'all missed the insane theory that Alana had, and it's gonna come true. But y'all missed it, so ah, um, it's a shame. But yeah, no, it was it was out of nowhere, kind of just all of a sudden, Ashton backstory, um, yeah. and and it was sad. There was a lot of sad aspects to their story because it was like I think playing out. You're like, oh, this is very exciting what we're learning, oh, but sure, it yeah. was a sad, pretty tense. Um, experience that ashton went through uh, right because i mean he essentially died like he was going to die so yeah this was it was pretty pretty bad it was pretty dire and i feel like um, it could even be argued well because it's because it's interesting right hmm. because when ashton fell hmm. he was clutching a vial of what we're all assuming is a dunamancy potion. Dunamis, yeah. Um, which is what Gianna was smuggling, which is also interesting. Um, mm -hmm. Because dunamancy and like the it comes from the beacons, and beacons are all about the resurrection of the soul and like the, the cycles and stuff. So is it possible mm -hmm. that Ashton actually did die, like he was dead, but then the dunamancy potion and the the magic that's connecting it to the beacon allowed his soul to come back and sort of born maybe i'm not sure i haven't I thought know. of it that way maybe maybe not to the extent of like being completely reborn but i kind of thought of it as like they had because we we're seeing their memories of you know it flashing and they had memories of them being in front of milo i feel like before milo then put the potion inside of them so uh, the way i kind of see it is like yeah they like he was about to die. He was mm -hmm. he was on death's door. Um, but <laughs> I think it was Milo said he called it a gumbo. The gumbo they put together to kind of keep their head in place, yeah. which is horrific imagery. Because if we're talking yeah. about like we don't necessarily we haven't delved too much into the physiology of Ashton, like what their Janasi yeah. body is like. But the fact that you know milo saw fit to put the slag glass to mm, <laughs> to mm -hmm. fuse the head together um yep. yeah i kind of saw it as it was that like that potential that like motive possibility mm -hmm. uh, aspect of dunamancy that was able to you know yeah uh restart the heart or um give it a jump start uh but then it's like it's oh it's, it's just so wild to think that it's like everything's coming from Ashton's brain now, like this aspect of dunamancy, this gravity mm -hmm. and um, cr 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 I can't, I can never say it. It's like not chronology, but it's chronology. Cro cro chronology, yeah, something like that. Chronology, yeah, the time magic is coming from, mm -hmm. like in in Ashton's mind, essentially, in the you know absorbing out through its body. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's it's scary because it's kind of the type of thing. Like I remember in campaign two when they found the dunamis like vial, which I'm yes. assuming is something similar. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That was like that seemed like the most dangerous thing in the world. Did One, they even think, ender, ever end up using it? What did where did they put it? I think did they give it to did they give it to the dynasty when they went there? They might have. Because sure. it's very much, it's very much like you know, this is like liquefied dunamis from the beacon. Yeah. Which, if you think about what you're getting from the beacon, it is potentially like you know, the, the mo- we've not looked into what the mode of possibility is from the beacon. Are you consuming a soul every time you do that? Are you consuming like a oh. like a potential life every time you're doing that? Or is it just know. you're feeding off that energy, that kind of that. P- potential energy that then goes on to restore I think, life, I restore think the souls beacons, to the body. So what I think, I think the beacons are linked to the multiverse and Ooh. they are just linking all of the different timelines together into the mode of possibility, which like allows you like a reroll or something. Like when you succeed, mm. like when you use the mode of possibility and yeah. succeed when you would have failed, the beacon is then like grabbing that potential from the alternate universe and yeah. pulling it into this one which allowed you to succeed so like i don't know Horrifying. i think the beacon is linked to the multiverse multiverse of madness doctor strange everyone great movie um, <laughs> i um i wonder how like the raven queen views i mean yeah. <laughs> this is in the letter that they're really given to but i wonder yeah. how the raven queen actually views mm-hmm. the beacon and like because her her deal is kind of you know the strings of fate but they're all laid out and but they do split but the beacon kind of would be like frayed edges and you know new lines coming from phrase yeah. and it would f- fuck up her tapestry a little bit you'd think yeah um yeah oh god i got I'm, I'm hoping one day we get to know more about the luxon and like mm. what that god is what were they when they were f- what whole um mm-hmm. Uh, cause yeah, it's just such an interesting concept of rejuvenation and rebirth and possibility and, oh, and then just yeah. the practical effects of it. And now it's in Ashton's head, like all and of now that. now it's in Ashton's head. So. All that possibility is there. So there is still some stuff to talk about Ashton, but still speaking of the dunamis mm. stuff, I want to shift our focus to the potions that Gianna mm. is smuggling. Yeah. So the last we saw these potions of dunamis was in Yeza's lab back in campaign two because he was the mm-hmm. one who was able to successfully create a potion of dunamis mm-hmm. so either Yeza is back at it which is highly unlikely um <laughs> they were the empire was still potentially able to save the research that was done and have their own scientists continue it because it was Ludinus, Dileth, and Vesteragna that seem to be overseeing the creation process of these Dunamis potions. We know Vesteragna is dead, but Ludinus Dileth is still very much alive and well. And I don't think he was going to be willingly, he was going to willingly yeah. give up that endeavor. Because as far as we know, they still have one beacon, right? Because they had two. Yeah. They gave one oh, back Lordy. as peace. Oh, they still have one. Yeah, the initial one I think that they saw when they visited the lab in Rexington, I think it was a different one. Yeah. So yes, I think. I'm pre- I'm fairly certain they still have one. I could be wrong, but I think they do. 
And so, we've already had, like, direct connections to Campaign 1. Obviously, the most obvious one is Delilah Briarwood from Campaign 1. For mm. Campaign 2 connections, Ludinus Deleth may end up playing, may play a, a bigger role in this one as well, if they follow this Unimancy potion thread. What if she's, what if she's, like, collecting it for the Paragon's Call or something? Like, what if she's... Because I'm trying to think of, like, it was initially designed to give Dwendalian soldiers an edge. Like, mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of how how she would be selling it or for, for, for what purpose. So I'm thinking, like, if she's selling yeah. it off to another military group, if she's selling it to the Paragon's Call. But I'm, try I'm thinking she wasn't a player in all that. She wasn't necessarily mm -hmm. with Aman Treshi um, in that regard. Right. She was, like, kind of, yeah, but... Um, alike, was it Leo just said, uh, Gianna seemed, uh, sure seemed to be mastering the violin at an accelerated rate. <laughs> it's oh just like, God. it's like, I guess it could riddle just be for her. <laughs> I, it, maybe, but I wouldn't be surprised if she's just like the middle, the middle man. Um, and I've just like, I've pulled up the letters again. So it says that, uh, Hexum's dealings with outside dealers in Wildmount, uh, so it's coming from Wildman. It's not suggesting that these shipments are coming oh, from, is that from the Jorhas. Yeah. Oh, so the okay. spy store, the shipments coming from Wildmount. They're not coming from right. Jorhas, or at least that, it hasn't been detected to come from Jorhas. That then definitely lends so, the theory that it's yeah something in the. Interesting. That's a little bit concerning. It is a bit concerning. <laughs> But again, for, for what reason? Be I mean, as far as we know, Wild Mount and the Empire isn't in a direct conflict anymore. Um, they could just be stockpiling. You know, in our modern era, nuke nuclear missiles are still being made, even though hopefully we never use them. Um, yeah. So they could just be Whoa. making these potions as, in case we ever get into a conflict again, we'll have this oh trump card. Um, have we, have we learned, um... Oh no, I've forgotten what I was going to say. Have we learnt? Oh yeah, who hired Ashton's group? I can't remember. That was like brought up, right? About like what put them on to stealing from Gianna? Um, it was just like a, a smash and grab, grab everything. Yeah, because I think Ashton just like... also asked that, and Matt was just like, "Yeah, you're just told to get in there, grab what you can." Because and... <sighs> there was a bit. There was a bit in. Um, in that episode where Ashton did like an insight check on Milo and there was something odd about kind of what, oh, yeah. what they found. Um, I'm trying to find it. No, it's been, I, I it's do, been a I whole week. Now. I do remember that now. Yeah, yeah Ashton cool. asked Milo who hired them for the job and what they were supposed to be stealing. They don't know why they didn't think to ask until now. Milo says it was a vengeful smash and grab, make a mess. That's what they were told. Insight check, 20. Ashton gets a whisper on Milo. Milo is trying to remember. Whatever it was, it didn't go well. Ashton asks how long they were under. Um, because, yeah, it, it was... I think the thing that triggered Talison to ask for the insight check was because the way Matt was playing Milo in that scene, it was very like, oh, I don't know. Like, yeah. it, it came across very suspicious mm. that Milo didn't know who hired them. Um, but we got a whisper... And we, and we got nothing from it. We got no, like, confirmation from Talison of, like, what that whisper told us. Um, 
It, it could be. It could be completely like innocuous. I don't think Milo's a secret spy. I was, spy, that's I was getting the vibes that my if if Milo was not being shady, but just holding back information, it was just to protect Ashton. Yeah. Um, yeah, something along those lines. Yeah. Um. But it's it's like I'm wondering. I'm wondering if she's still trading in that stuff. I know that. Mm-hmm. I know that like. She, she must know that it went missing. Some of the vials went missing. Mm. Um, and she must have... Well, we don't know. Like, does she recognize that Ashton has these abilities now? Does she still view them as just oh, yeah. a smashing grabber? Or does she know about their, like, gravity powers and their their chaos chaos bursts? Things like this. So I'm, I'm interested that in this episode she did kind of, like, let the debt go and let Ashton go. Um, makes me think that she doesn't know about the mm-hmm. uniqueness of their abilities. It's more just like, oh, you were a useful tool, like, but, you know, a deal's a deal. Um, I feel like if she was aware of the fact that Ashton's got dunamancy in their head, mm-hmm. she would have been a bit more clingy, a little bit more. And like, even oh, if... No, put some retainer. Sort of thing. Even if she did suspect something was, was mm-hmm. going on, she she herself may not even know the full extent of what mm. these potions are capable of. Um, she she does come across as kind of just you know a real wealthy chick that's dealing mm-hmm. in wealthy business. Yeah, just a business lady. Yeah, just uh, just a casual doing business. Um, with weird with weird statues and weird interests, and she yeah. does like she does ship in a lot of interesting items. Mm-hmm. She's she's like a a high. Oh, an expensive black market fence. makes almost. me wonder. She's a fiend. She's Maybe. She's devil. But back, shifting to the <laughs> golem, the, the, the automaton that was stolen yeah. from her. By what's we know, Yes. <laughs> Do we know <laughs> if that golem was created by her, for her, or is this an acquisition? Like, maybe... A Devexian from Aeor, perhaps. It did have, if I'm not, if I'm not uh, mistaken, it did have her initials on the golem. It might have been on the crate. Might have been on the crate, but I feel like it was on the the golem. Yeah, I think it was that. And yeah, and I think like if you're branding it, it's going to be for your Mm. personal use. Um, Why she would need a massive stone golem that's like (laughs) in a city. It's like mm. having a pet tiger in a city. Like, yeah. what the hell? <laughs> this is irresponsible. Um, yeah. Mostly more security. Uh, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. She's, oh man, she's interesting. She, she's like, oh uh, god, I'm trying to think of a good comparison, but she's just like this batshit collector, that, yeah. like has too much power and influence to know what to do with. She's, like, a, she's who, a less. Who starts learning the violin later in life? Like, come on, who's got less, the time? Uh, much less flamboyant Yvonne Hytroga. I feel yeah. like they are, you know, two different sides of the same coin, mm. essentially. Oh my uh, god. These, like, could be it. these, imagine how nice it would be to be, like, a D&D elite. Um, obviously yeah. you would have people constantly trying to break into your place, like, a bunch of parties just constantly trying to make deals with you, but just imagine being rich. <laughs> Having mm. money and just, you know, getting to learn the violin and buy stone yeah, golems. Super nice. Super, <laughs> super nice. Yeah. Um, but shifting focus back to Ashen, 
Um, mm. He got many flashes of memories from this one of growing yeah. up in the Hellcatch Valley, looking up to an adult with a, a hand being held, missing from mm. when they were a child. Um, also flashes of some of the uh, members of the troop that they ran with, especially for the mm. heists, like this almost like yeah. shamanistic or druidic-esque individual who we did mm. get a name of, but I, yeah. forgot, I think I forgot to write it down. I got it. I got it. Where is it? Where are my notes? Uh... I feel like I started with an M. <laughs> there were a few names. J J there was Jato. Jito? Jetto was the leader. Jetto? Uh, and I can't remember the other one's name. <laughs> I think it's... I think it's... It's not the point. You the know, point, okay, the point is that... Some of them disbanded to Basurus, which mm -hmm. is where they are now going to be headed. Which is also interesting for FCG, because FCG was created in Basurus. So not mm -hmm. only will FCG potentially get recognized, but also Ashton. So we got some really, really awesome uh, backstory potentials coming up in Basurus. As well mm -hmm. as following and hopefully finishing off the Armand Treshi story arc. Um, as well as the Paragon's Call, because the Paragon's Call also retreated back with Armand Treshi to hopefully hunker down and you know let things let things cool off for a little bit. Um, yeah. As Eshiros did relay to the rest of the party that Armand was basically found out and he fled fled Drusar. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm I'm excited for the catch up with with uh, Trashy because yeah. they're such a dick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I want to see them get arrested. Actually, yeah. um, but I feel like they're not going to go down so easily. Mm -hmm. I, I I can't imagine them getting Trashy back to Drusa um, right. alive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably not going to happen. Um, but I am interested in the idea of more FCG and Ashen stuff going down. Mm -hmm. In Basurus. Like, I'd love to meet, meet Ashton's old group. Yeah. I would love to learn more about Dancer and what they were all about because it's, mm -hmm. it's possible that FCG might come across people in Basurus that knew Dancer. Yeah. Um, and are like, yo, what happened to everyone else? Like, where is Dancer? Yeah. Who are all these people you're with? So, um, so I'm excited for that. That's what I'm excited for. Um, mm -hmm. But then, those are the two big things for FCG and Ashton yeah. in this episode. Shifting focus over to Chetney, uh, mm. the party finally got a chance to meet with Ajit Dayal and get yeah. a little bit more oh, information about the Gorgine. Gorgonai. 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 Yeah. All that stuff. Uh, I love this NPC. Ajit Dayal. They're great. Really awesome. Just, just like, you know, I feel like I want to go see them if I have a problem. <laughs> They're just yeah. so welcoming and mm -hmm. kind and empathetic and yeah, yeah. and i love the idea of their university where it's like a a free free university for for chillins for the for the children oh. of drusar to just learn and all that stuff it's very wholesome yeah. and and to nice. learn like yeah. they're learning some things like, oh yeah i'm gonna be learning surprised about like... corruption from yeah. the age of five <laughs> 
Yeah, but like through the guise of the hungry, hungry caterpillar. Yep, like, yep. You know, mm-hmm. Greed and consumerism oh, has God. filled this caterpillar to the brim. <laughs> now I'm wondering, yeah, now I'm wondering, God, are, are like kids' books and movies, This are they just propaganda for like capitalism? Is that all, is that all it is? Is that what, is that what society is now? Um, no, it was great for Jenny to be able to have this conversation. Um, it's interesting that I mean, we all assumed that Chetney would want to hold on to this power. Oh, yeah. Fully control it. Um, but we did get a name. A Professor Tyron in Eos, mm-hmm. an ex-student of Ajidial, who may be able to assist them. So I really like how Matt sets it up where... Like, it feels very much like um, Pillars of Eternity or um, Divinity Original Sin mm. uh, in this layout of, like, quest progression. Because yeah. it's like... Boom, Drusar is the as act one. You know, speaking of like yeah. the originals. Um where everything is contained into Drusar. But then Act yeah. Two, the characters' backstories expand to the new yeah. areas that they've unlocked. Colors um, come so off. In Act Two, they're going to Basuras, and that's all of a sudden where a bunch of other um mm-hmm. character backstory stuff happens. Now they go to Yeos, Act Three, which is also another bunch of stuff where yeah. characters' backstories are ready to get so I really like this different, uh, how Matt is progressing the narrative, not only as a whole, but also for individual people. Yeah, I like it. Helps it flow. Um, it keeps every, everything nice and nice and contained. And the fun part about them traveling to multiple different places is all those places are still under the gaze of Ruidus. So Imogen's yeah, got exa- her. Exa- already <laughs> there at all points. <laughs> There's no yeah. running from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but but I did like the kind of information that Ajit Dial gave. It was essentially like, wasn't it like you know, go to this place when there's a full moon and yeah, <laughs> you've yeah. got it. Like um, how which is, yeah, they'll find yeah, you. and how which is like badass. Yeah, <laughs> it's like so cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just, but then I also like the idea that idea that there's like hunters specifically yeah oh that's like that's it's gross and i love it yeah like exactly exactly yeah like is this going to turn into like an episode of or a a, an episode of twilight that's is that what it's going to be it's going to turn to twilight or the the hunters are actually vampires and hunting down the last of the werewolf tribes oh god um yeah super excited whenever they whenever they do that but yeos seems like it's going to be a little ways away because um, Viserys is what's on the table right now. And I believe that's all I really have for the previous episode. Um, there are a few small things, but nothing really noteworthy. We did get Ashen's mm. debt cleared with Gianna, which yeah. is nice for him. Oh! The letter from Vexalia! Oh, yeah! Oh, my Star. God! That's that a big was so one. good! That was, that was awesome. amazing! Yeah. Um, Marisha's reaction to that was... It was, it was incredible just like yeah. getting it reading a bit and just kind of like, oh, like yeah. the realization of what they had and mm-hmm. <laughs> finally getting it to laura um yep. no that, that was fun that was just nice to have yeah. at least a little bit of a capstone on bertram's um mm-hmm. bertram's story uh it was just nice to think that bertram did make it to white Stone. yeah <laughs> thank goodness yeah that would uh yeah that would have been bad uh yeah so we got that um uh not much else uh last train stuff in action yeah um 
Another thing that I wrote down is I really like how Matt is like giving NPCs things that they do to make them feel more alive. For example, when they yeah. met with Gianna, she was practicing the violin. Mm. Um, when they met with Estros, she was training away and like mm. working out and stuff. So I just, not just I, sitting I, in a chair yeah, exactly. at the waiting to talk yeah. to them. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I like that. It makes them feel more alive. You know, they're a living, breathing mm. character in the world. So something that I liked that he did. Um, yeah. Last night's episode. Bye. Also a bit of a doozy. Yeah, I have um, one note. <laughs> it is, Chetney is fucked. Like, what the fuck? Yep. <laughs> what the fuck, Chetney? What the fuck That's is great. up with that? Let's talk about Chetney. I want to talk about Chetney. Yep. It's like yep. the main thing I've been wanting to talk about. Like, I felt very uncomfortable watching that scene. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I thought it was excellent. I think we're seeing uh, kind of like the first real glimpse of a character playing as close to an, I don't want to say evil because alignment's stupid, yeah. but like that was an evil action. Yeah, um, I agree. That was an, in the sense of DVD, that would be an evil uh, scene mm -hmm. played out. Um, yeah. At least in the character's way of viewing their own actions because it was very much like, you know, a Matt said at one point, are you just trying to scare them or are you trying yeah. to hurt them? And I was just like, hmm, don't care kind of thing. Like yeah. the lack of, um, the lack of, well, yeah, empathy or just the, the apathetic nature of, I don't actually care if this hurts them yeah. or not. Yeah. That's like, that's, that's technically evil, but yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. No, I agree. I was like, damn, because um, then this this reminded me of Imogen when she was triggering yeah. the flame trap over and over again yeah. to, to burn uh, the other group. I was like, Jesus, y'all are kind of dark. Yeah. I thought when like, Chetney was sneaking off, I'm like, oh, this is going to be like a, a funny caper sort yeah. of thing. Like it's going to be, you know, just messing, messing with the shopkeeper. Yeah, no, it was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it was yep. it was it was violent, it yeah, was terrifying. Um, and yeah, it kinda makes you it's it's hard because like it's in it's a good scene, but at the same time it's like, ooh, I don't know how I feel about Chetney. Like this is this is dark. Yeah, and Kiddes brings up an interesting point is that Chetney was the one who encouraged Imogen to trigger the trap multiple times. Mm. So again, you know, alignments are dumb. But if we want to bring a line, <laughs> is it possible that Chenny's actually like neutral evil? Aligned? I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna see a lot more cases of Chetney struggling to control those mm -hmm. base instincts because. Yeah, that could be what it is. Because it came. This came from what being overcharged for some items. Mm -hmm. It's not like, like that's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. So it's there's some aspect of Chetney that has like you know rage issues has. Mm -hmm. uh, Troll issues. I think it's setting up this character nicely for a, for a long arc of um, mm -hmm. failures, and that sounds really mean. But like, it's, it is setting them <laughs> yeah. up for like you know possible failures and control yeah. uh, gains, things like that. Because mm -hmm. um, they're like square one, really, with like control. <laughs> That's like yeah, they're like. Up. <laughs> have you seen um? Have you seen any of the Lilo and Stitch movies? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the the second one, I think it's Lilo and Stitch. Stitch has a glitch, where mm -hmm. like Stitch starts going crazy, and there's or no, I think it's no, it's in the first one. 
where Lilo has the picture of, of yeah. Stitch and it's like the good versus bad yeah. like filled like Chetney's all bad all bad yeah. right now and they gotta <laughs> start working name. it they gotta start working it down um, um yeah no 100 percent. and uh, like it's also the kind of thing it's like i don't i don't necessarily want chetney to change <laughs> like if yeah. that's what if that's what travis wants for chetney to be like you know a reckless dangerous character that you know eventually might get caught for their reckless dangerous behavior then that's mm -hmm. great that's super exciting yeah. but we do love that kind of reformation. We do kind of love that, yeah. um, that progress that mm -hmm. characters can make in Critical Role because it's so good. I mean, like, yeah. look at, you know, it's, it's Caleb beating themselves up all the time mm -hmm. in early campaign two. And, you know, I'm a terrible person, but Chetney's like that, but doesn't have that self doubt. Yeah. <laughs> and don't <laughs> being a terrible. They're like, no, I'm yeah. fine. I'm great. I'm super awesome. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like there's a crash. There's going to be a crash at some point it's the um the oh no i'm an english teacher i should remember this stuff it's the climax it's something to do with tragedy no it's the uh, um the folly something like that it's essentially the downfall um which normally in tragedy would mean the character's dead or the characters yeah uh, met the fate as a result of their action but mm -hmm. it's critical role it's D, D, so there's a chance then for redemption um yeah. Yeah, it's it's exciting. I love I love those stories of mm -hmm. boop, boop. Like, it's great. Or it could just be all the way down. It could yeah, it could just it just could keep going down. But maybe that maybe yeah. the trigger for that is like what if Chenny loses control again and he mm -hmm. kills Fern, maybe. That yeah, I, I think it will be something like that. I yeah. think it will be Chetney loses control, dangerously injures or plus potentially like turns one of the other characters. Oh. Um, That'd be interesting. Who who would you like it to be? <laughs> oh man. I think Orm or Fern Chetney... make the most sense. Yeah. I think Orm would be a really good pick. Yeah. That'd be good. Because I think like we've already got some groundwork for Orm and Chetney having this kind of understanding of the control or the lack of control. Mm -hmm. Orm is like you know, security, security dad. Orem is very much like constantly on Chetney and watching Chetney um, for good reason. But mm -hmm. I think there would be a good kind of sounds so sounds so evil. Just like, oh, wouldn't it be great if Chetney bites Orem? <laughs> yeah. Um, Man, I and wish that's of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I'm 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 ex I'd be excited for that kind of redemption yeah. for Chetney. Um, but I'd also be excited for no redemption and Chetney just lives their best life by being a mm -hmm. vicious, terrifying werewolf. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm here for that as well. Um, but something else that happened that I didn't realize until last night, I think, um, is that Burn actually took a level in Rogue. Did I didn't realize what? that. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Their, their most recent level up, Fern took a level in Rogue. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I, I don't I don't remember that ever happening, but a bunch of people yeah. were telling me that she did. I need to find the... Uh... Oh my god, that's wild. Yeah. Oh <laughs> my god, that's words. wild. <laughs> I've just seen the critical stats card for oh. it. And then so did Chetney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think... Oh druid rogue that makes sense i mean it definitely plays yeah. into the 
definitely plays into what she's doing. Um, mm-hmm. I dig it. My, my goodness. Because then I'm fun. just imagining like sneak attack as like a panther or something or as like a an eagle or something. Mm. Um, well, up, like we, we looked it up and it it's kind of in the gray area of rules. It doesn't really say sneak attack doesn't trigger in wild shape. Um, is it a melee action though? Is it a melee attack sneak attack? Well, it says. I think what sneak attack is is you can use sneak attack with like a like a finesse or whatever weapon. Mm. Um, so I'm not sure if unarmed claws would count. True, but that's you know that's that's rules but, written like you can, yeah. for flavor. Fuck it. Exactly. <laughs> I I want to see a sneak attack as like a T Rex or something. Um. Be hilarious. That's uh that's exciting. I kind of like the idea if she does just go full rogue. Imagine that, like, yeah. because if you think of Fern as like you know almost like born natural born druid um, mm-hmm. from the Feywild, that was just what she had. Now that she's out in the material plane, she can be whatever she wants. So she's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, fuck, I'm gonna be a rogue. What's, what's interesting <laughs> is I wonder if I can, or maybe if you still have them, the uh, the poll that we did the the, the guessing competition. Oh, I feel like a decent yeah. amount of people put. Ashley is a rogue, as a guess. Have a look. No There's take backsies. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, give me a sec. I'll bring it up. Uh, that, that, that's actually pretty interesting. Um, but Fern definitely fits into that archetype. Uh, very, very sticky fingered, very sneaky, mm-hmm. very uh, charming in that you know, roguish kind of way. Um, I'll just so. find it on our Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be, that'd be easier. Uh, yeah, I'm, no, that's that's interesting. I'm I'm I'd be excited to see her go full rogue. Uh, I think, yeah, because I'm not sure. Like, we haven't seen too much druidness from her. I guess. Yeah. She definitely mm-hmm. plays more like the sly kind of. Oh my god, that was ages ago. We did the poll. It's gonna take me forever to find. <laughs> oh my god, quite some time ago. I think I have it somewhere. Um, I've, got, I've probably got it on my computer. It's probably mm-hmm. better to look right there. Uh, but anyways, yeah, so we had the whole Chutney thing. Um, and then, oh, they got a portable hole. I remember that. I was like, oh, this is familiar. Um, as we had one in uh, our camp. Oh, yes, I love it's very, it. It's very so fun magic. Very, yeah. very fun. And I love how yeah, like, they spent right. so you much time that. figuring out the mechanics <laughs> of it. It's like, what if we did? hundred percent. That's um the reason I put it in Hit Die Series was because I got it in a campaign, yeah. and we spent a long time trying to figure out how to use this item to our advantage. And yep. um that campaign unfortunately ended. Mm-hmm. Like all campaigns do. Um, but I always had the plan of you know unfurling it as a trap, and like a wagon could fall into that thing. Like it's essentially a pitfall, yeah. an instant pitfall. Um, no, it's it's such a such a messed up item it's yeah. so good it's like to use it to like transport like you know someone they could all jump in there and then someone could put it in their pocket and then that person can turn into mist or like you know turn into an like a, a wild shape animal where the stuff melts really? them run a certain distance like it's it's so broken because like it's actually pretty kind crazy of, i didn't even think of that any kind of traversal issues that they might have had as long as it takes less than like 90 seconds it's fine. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, cast a spell where they don't need to breathe and chuck them in. It's it's so good. I love yeah. it so much. Huh. Um, 
yeah, it's broken. <laughs> and it, it also almost acts as like a like a Trojan horse too, because like, you know, 100. again, if you're not if you're not traveling very far, load a bunch of soldiers up into it, uh, and then yeah. like just fucking unload them. Yeah. There's the a, only thing I'm not sure with it is like in terms of um, in terms of anti magic and like mm-hmm. you know uh, spell magic with them. I don't know how that works on those because mm-hmm. that could fuck it up. Or, you know, as Liam said this episode, it's a pocket dimension. Pocket dimension plus pocket dimension equals bad. So, like, you know, if they they ever accidentally chuck it into a bag of holding, it's not going to go well. Nope. Not good. Um, All right, I got the the thing. I got the Ashley thing. All right. Uh, So, for Ashley, uh, the number one pick was Rogue. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was Rogue. Elf Rogue was the most common pick. Mm. Seems like those Rogue and Bard, then then Warlock, then Paladin, then Ranger. Druid was last. Only one person picked Druid. <laughs> um, and I think that's because at that time we weren't expecting them to play the same characters right, that yeah, they played. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. It's uh, true. Yeah. That's funny though. Oh, but yeah. That's good. It, but it suits. Yeah, it's such a good. I think. I think because we also discussed it when we did our episode talking about it about mm-hmm. how it's the most different to what she'd already done. Rogue yep. is like the most kind of different to cleric and barbarian. That mm-hmm. trifecta of difference. Um, yeah. Well, that'd be a fun poster. Trifecta of difference for Dean. <laughs> anyway. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah. No, it's exciting. They also got what was the other item they got? Oh, it was the horn, right? Did they get the is that horn? when they got? Is that, is that when they got the horn? The horn of silent alarm? I think... Was that that? Ep- yeah, yeah, because they got they- it at Marwa's. They got the portable hole. They got yeah. the horn. Maybe the one other thing. But... Yes. It was the yeah. horn. Oh, yes. Yeah, no, no. It was the butcher's bib. Oh, they got that's the butcher's right. Bib. The butcher's I bib. love that item. It's so cool. Oh, man, it's disgusting. But yeah, it's pretty It's cool. disgusting. It's... Oh, man. That's like... Imagine Chetney like properly wearing that, yeah. and just like having blood constantly dripping oh, off them. God. Um, that is, oh. ugh, ugh. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's such a cursed item. <laughs> it's like. But so... it does seem like there's a story there, because all those um, items were bundled together: the butcher's bib and the portable hole. Like it could have belonged yeah, to like, like a serial killer. <laughs> like, that's that's pretty dodgy gave stuff. Gave it up. Um, but the butcher's bib, that's like a really cool one because that was, uh, when the wild mount, uh, the wild mount guide came out, I tweeted, uh, I tweeted about the butcher's bib. Cause I'm like, this is fucking cool. This is really mm. exciting. Um, and I asked, I like tagged all the writers, like what the fuck's up with this bib? And I got a response from Chris Lockie, like two years ago now it's over two years ago about what the bib was essentially where it oh, came sure. from. Um, so if you don't want to know, it's like for the next 15 seconds, blocky ears, but essentially the response was the butcher's bib was, was begotten as the perverse design of an arcane blightshaw executioner from dreaded Gorvellis. Oh shit. So if you don't know about blightshaw, it's like next to Jorhas and it's just mm-hmm. a fucked up place. But I was just like, oh, how did it get from there to here? And it, that, that could, yeah. that's canon for the campaign guide. It might not be yeah. canon for the current campaign um but it's still like a cool backstory still like a cool cool. thing that it's now in their possession (laughs) with the other serial killer supplies yeah Yeah. jeez 
That is cool though. Uh, I yeah. really like those. Yeah. These, these fun, fun items. It's also really strong. Yeah. Being mm. a crit in a 19 or 20 is is no joke. That's fun. That's actually damage. Uh, yeah. The only downside is that it's always <laughs> dripping. <coughs> you think that you think there should be like a charisma um, deficit there a little bit, like yeah. it should affect your charisma somehow, mm. <laughs> or like your con, like you're you're constantly surrounded by flies and disease oh, <laughs> with this bib. Ugh. Nah, it's, God, it's I love cool. it. I love it. and I hate it so much. Yeah. Um, but you know what I do love entirely mm -hmm. is the crew of the Silver Sun. Oh wow, they're lovely. They I thought you were segueing awesome. into fan art. I'm like, I don't have any fan yeah, art. Yeah, we don't have any fan art. No fan art this time, y'all. That would have been a good segue, though. Uh, but no, Captain Xandis. Uh, we got Khalil Bennis, uh, Denalia, uh, Tirana, and Gordy. Amazing names. All of them are amazing names. I love Denalia, the bugbear chef. Her social anxiety. <laughs> so I love bugbears so much. They're amazing. Oh. They're so cute. Um, Captain Zadus is incredible. I love, oh, yeah. uh, like, one, the voice, which, oh, yeah. you know, they said was essentially, um, uh, oh, what's his name? I can't remember his name now. The guy from the room. Um, yeah, yeah, I know you're talking about. Oh, but yeah, it's just like so, so well kind of mm -hmm. realized as a character. Tommy was so, that's it. Tommy yeah. was so, um, yeah, they were just, they're, they're the type of person that in real life, make me really uncomfortable mm -hmm. because it's just like, I can't tell if you're joking with me or not. Right, and exactly. my social anxiety is like not going to be able to handle this. Um, but I love that kind of jokey character vibe that they had. It's just like, well, you're never yeah. fully certain what they're serious about. They're very laissez-faire, very kind of uh, relaxed in the situation. Um, yeah. And just, yeah, just cool character design, cool character voice, cool character person, pers personization. That's a word. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fun. Fun, fun, fun. 100% oh, Hi, Mark. And good, good, good vibes all around with the rest of the crew. Good vibes, yeah. Yeah, yeah everyone's just nice and yeah. chill. Yeah. yeah. Good Maybe too so chill. Good company. Yeah, maybe there's something going on here. <laughs> Hmm. Maybe too chill for like flying a uh, for flying a skyship. Yeah, could be. Uh, but then we had a nice a nice fun airship combat going down with the two. Um, that was fun. Akarath hunters. I wrote it down. Oh, Skirath. Skirath hunters. Skirath yeah. hunters. Yeah, Skirath hunters. Really cool. Um, I don't know if that's a homebrew mm. creature, or or anything, but it looked mm. really cool. Um, yeah. But. Not much going on in this combat other than two things. One, Imogen flying. That was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, that was, I liked the was, description yeah. of that and how that was revealed. Saving Orum from death. Mm. Um, and then raising up with uh, Orum cradled in her arms with, yeah. was great. Um, but the big one. Got Ashton mm. again. Ah, so cool. I guess Ashton can now has access to portal guns. And, uh, my word. I don't really know much about that, but I it's cool. I want to read the subclass sheet. Just give us the subclass oh already. My like, God, what? Portals? Portals? And that's the thing, too, because it's such, so far, it's such a gosh darn varied subclass. Because from what we know so far, there's already effects that are, you know, gravity based. There's yeah. like, uh, 
diffusion kind of base, like where you can't see the character. There's ones that are related to, well, I think it's many of those two. It's the gravity one and like the, the red and blue diffusion one. But now we've got a traversal skill. Yeah. So like, because it's not just being able to have your attack hit somewhere else, which they did by like, you know, shoving the hammer down. It allowed them to teleport as well. It allowed them to gain movement. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's powerful. Like, um, this just seems like a ridiculous upgrade to the wild magic barbarian. Like, yeah, this one blows it completely out of the water in terms of like, has, utility. I, like I said, I really want to read it. Um, there's been like, I mean, Anytime a new subclass comes out, it needs to be play tested. So this is kind of like a nice way to view yeah. the play testing. It's quite powerful. <laughs> These skills are quite strong. I'm yep. interested to see like if they ever get nerfed a bit or something. Mm -hmm. But we don't know the details yet. We don't know the the um, limitations of these right. abilities. But as they stand, they're pretty wild. <laughs> like they're pretty yeah. powerful. Um, of course, I'm thinking like they must be related to rages, so you know there are some limitations on that. But just I want to know how those portals work, man. Yeah, I want to think with portals. I want to know the exact mechanics, exactly how everything happens. I don't play D and D for fun. I play D and D for yeah. rules. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But no, I mean we'll probably get it in a year from now when we get Explorer's Guide to Marquette. Hmm. Uh, oh, time, space, gravity, and luck. Yeah, on full sided dive. Gotcha. Um, yeah. But no, it's it's super cool. Um, and later on, after the combat, FCG spoke to Imogen and kind of Laudna about the idea of potentially connecting their two minds when Imogen is sleeping so that yeah. Laudna could like be there to help, I guess. Hmm. That would be cool. I oh, wonder yeah. if that's just something FCG is going to try or if that's actually something that he has with like his empathy domain, like yeah, mental it was connection very, or it something. It was very much like, I'm not fully sure how I'm going to do it, but I just feel like I might be able to, which is kind of yeah. also how the other six level abilities have come out. It's mm -hmm. like, Oh, I can do portals now. Oh, I can fly now. Like it's, um, I kind of like that. Like the showing of the new abilities, them just learning it, just having it. Um, so yeah. it might be something like that. If he's just like, I just have a feeling I can do it. And then they mm -hmm. utilize their, their new. So although I don't think the cleric gained anything at sixth level, wasn't it just a new channel of divinity? Or maybe it is a channel of divinity. Yeah, I don't know. I, think I don't know. D &D. Oh, that could be it. Yeah. It could be a channel of divinity thing. Um, um, but, but as people, that's going to that's gonna be great. I can't, I can't wait for, yeah. you know, buddy, buddy, oh, Lord known yeah. Imogen to get together and the help each other pals. out. Best, best friends forever. Totally just roommates. They're great. Oh. Uh, oh. Yeah. So we got <laughs> probably sad. one of the most angsty scenes so far of mm. uh, of this of this campaign, and it's definitely and a we, highlight for me. Yeah, and we we talk about the angst, and we talk about loving the angst. We should oh, also yeah. probably just like fair warning like when we talk about eggs we are also talking about like dramatic oh, dramatic yeah. Yeah. moments and scenes yeah. i don't want angst people to think we're umbrella. like angst is a big umbrella for us yeah um because it was like this is like character defining moment of yeah. like shift in some characters um 
what the hell? We need to get rid of Delilah Briarwood. Yeah, okay, so let's we, talk about this. So we uh, know this crystal, back when we first yeah. learned more about it, it's all about changing things. Um, whether it be for the better or for the worse, we don't really know, but it's all about change. Um, and maybe there's like life energy to it, or there's some mm. kind of energy to it that Delilah wanted. Mm -hmm. uh, Delilah saw it. And so what do we think actually happened here when Lana clutched it, it was like burning, and then like that warmth pulsed through her body? I'm... Oh boy. So... <sighs> I feel like we've talked okay. about this before. No, no, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, like, I was going to start breaking it down. Like, what do we know about Delilah so far? Where do we think she is? Right. Sort of thing. So, the way Matt described it is that there's a fragment of Delilah that lives mm -hmm. in Laudna. We don't know how big yeah. that fragment is. It's just a piece of Delilah that lives within Laudna. Obviously, mm -hmm. Delilah is going to want to come back. Some, some way, somehow, she's going to want to try to get her own body. I'm so very worried mm -hmm. that Delilah mm -hmm. isn't particularly interested in getting a new body. Yeah. I think she's going to be trying to take over Laudna's body. Well, yeah, that's, that's what I'm feeling too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, I think... Uh, because, okay, so this is what I was, I was getting at. What we know about Delilah so far, she was killed in Whitestone under the ziggurat. She came back as a clone. So she's capable of cloning herself. Yeah. And then she was destroyed again. One, there was always a theory that she potentially had another clone, but, they, you know, they take a long time to create. Mm -hmm. But, and yet she's died three times. She, yeah. she has died three times. She just won't stay dead. So either it's a fragment within uh, Laudna and she's like, you know, desperately trying to get back to a clone of her body. I need to reread the clone spell and double check how it probably works. But it's kind of like almost like a phylactery in a sense. Like Laudna is a phylactery for this aspect of her soul, yeah. which is terrifying because generally the way a soul is freed from a phylactery is the phylactery is broken mm -hmm. uh which we don't want because it's lorna is like the container of this aspect of delilah i'm with you i think i think delilah's trying to like as you say like can collect as much power as possible and either yeah. she's going to take over lorna or when she's ready she's just going to discard lorna yeah. um it's does it doesn't look good <laughs> either yeah. way None of it looks good, but I love it. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Delilah, Delilah is such a cool villain. Um, I also see people saying that Delilah might be interested in trying to take Imogen's body as, as like a vessel or something. Ooh, yeah. That could potentially be um, interesting. It's interesting, too, because this was very much like a... I, I, was I was surprised at one moment in this, and it was when... Like, to recap, you know, they'll talk about the stone, and then Imogen gives her the stone. You've recapped. Um, when Lorna was holding it and she's starting to feel it, like, kind of be siphoned and be um, destroyed yeah. by Delilah in a second, I was really surprised that Matt didn't give her a role for that um, mm -hmm. because she did kind of say, like, I drop it or, like, I give it away. And he's like, you can't. Mm -hmm. That's interesting because that's uh, that just might have been, like, you know, a brain flood moment, but that felt very decisive for 
mm-hmm. the DM to be like, no, you have zero control in this situation. That that really surprised me. So I'm hoping there was a narrative reason for that rather than it just being like a, nah, you can't because I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm hoping there was like a more powerful reason other than just like, you know, they forgot to let her have a bit of agency um, because yeah. it would have been... Even if it was like, you know, a DC 30 wisdom save or something, I think it still would have been nice for, because it it could have been just that thing of like, well, Matt's like, well, this would be an impossible thing to fight against. There's no point rolling, but it did kind of like make me think like, oh, the the player is saying they want to let it go. I feel like they should have been given the opportunity to let Mm -hmm. it go. Um, But I'm so glad they didn't because it was so cool. Yeah. That is a good a good point like even if it matt did today like a dc 30 even like 35 i don't know yeah just to at least allow her to at least put it in her mind that she could have potentially resisted it yeah because it because it makes it seem as if then like you know it lorna lorna is just like a puppet essentially for delilah like and we've got all this puppet imagery now of lorna has her own puppets and she's the puppet for delilah um yeah, it's. I'm. I'm thinking that there is either some narrative reason for like it's like no, well, when your patron is working through you in this way, you have zero percent, you have zero control. Or um, who was it? Someone just said in chat. Uh, Stormy Boy was saying like unless Marisha talked to Matt and wanted something like this to happen, so it could have been like a preconceived oh, conversation yeah. of like you know if Delilah's taking control, she's got control. Um, I just thought I thought it was odd. It's definitely something I noticed that there wasn't a role. Yeah. Um, Delilah could possess Pate. I like it. It's all going down the, the grapevine. Oh my God. Um, but it led to, which is funny, it led to this misunderstanding that Adam hated what I loved. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I get that. The, the social anxiety and the social kind of hurt and the emotional hurt from that exchange was terrible. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad we got to experience yeah, the, you, the you lied line that oh. uh, Lily delivered was so good. But so, like, I, I understand like a horror, like a horrible misunderstanding. I like from an outsider's perspective, like we know exactly what happened. Um, yeah. Imogen doesn't really, doesn't really have full context. I mean, she knows Lana, she knows Delilah is there. So she knows sometimes things happen. Yeah. However, we also have to remember uh, Imogen saw this crystal as Kind of like a lifeline, almost. Yeah. She took great comfort in this crystal. It mm. brought her safety, warmth. She thought it may have protected her while she was in these dreams. Yeah. So, for Lana to take it, promise not to do anything to it, but then it being broken, and then mm. Imogen losing that anchor. I mean... Yeah. I would think in the moment, even though they do have great chemistry and a great friendship, I feel like it's it totally makes sense that Imogen reacted in that way. 100%. Yeah. And, and it's also to, like, I mean, Lorna, she she was getting those pings. She was getting those feelings of, oh, I need to look at it. I need. She didn't question those. And this is not a criticism, but she didn't, like, question where those pings were coming from of why she wanted to suddenly examine this stone mm-hmm. so thoroughly. I think it was Lorna having concern and wanting to help, yeah. but there was definitely a desire there to, mm-hmm. to engage with this that wasn't naturally just coming from Lorna. So there had to have been some understanding of like, Oh, I've got this weird desire to suddenly hold this rock. Um, yeah. But 
I think the you lied from Imogen, it comes from, as you say, like, you know, she she trusted Lordna, but now she sees this as a betrayal. It's almost like a siphoning of power, especially when you've got sorcerers who think, you know, it's all about the power. Like, this is very much like, very much like, you know, she sees Lordna as having stolen something from her. It's very one ring. It's very Lord of the Rings kind of like. Yeah. Jem had that hold on Imogen as well. She saw it as this wonderful tool and she had a lot of comfort from it. But I think it was also, you know, a bit infecting her of, like, my precious. Yeah, um, that's actually a really good point because as uh, Romney Water in the chat says, mm-hmm. not to mention I think Imogen was attuned to this room as well. It was probably a cursed item. Um, again, that goat, that definitely lends to the theory of, like, yeah. getting, like, the ring almost, where because she was like falling asleep while grasping it it's mm. possible that at like through like dms and stuff under the table yeah. sort of stuff they're still like you have like a deep connection to this thing like you do not want to lose yeah. this it's this crystal and then it's interesting too that she was able to hand it over to mm-hmm. Lordna. like it could have been like had anyone else asked it yeah. might have been a persuade me sort of mm-hmm. thing or like yeah. Maybe I do want to give it to you. I need to make a wisdom save or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting flashbacks to Veth with the cursed dagger. Like they had to break that from her. Um, but with Imogen and Lorna, it was like, you know, she didn't want to give it up, but she did because she trusted Lorna, uh, which didn't work out. So, yeah, so that the lying, you lied to me. It's like, I trusted you, you lied, I'm betrayed. Yeah. And then they kind of. They didn't play it off, but it was very much like, I didn't know I wasn't in control. And Imogen's just like, mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it was, like, it was very much like, mm-hmm, I believe you. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be messy. It's going to be messy, and I'm excited. And it's going to... And it, it, it'll only get messier, because obviously they could resolve this little dispute here. But if mm. Delilah is getting a hold of more and more power... She could mm-hmm. end up taking control of Laudna more and more mm-hmm. and doing things against her yeah. will, which could then break trust even further. So it's and, like, I don't know yet. And she's not keeping Laudna in the loop. I mean, she's Delilah. She's serving yeah. Vector. It's all secrets with this bitch. Um, so it's like, she's not going to be telling Laudna what she's using her for, what the plan is. She is very much at the beck and call of Delilah in this regard. So I'm thinking it's going to definitely push for Lordna to actively rid herself of Delilah, which is, again, wonderful. I love Warlock stories where it's pushing to get rid of their patron, um, yeah. but also, you know, concerning because when that happens, what happens with the character? Um, you know, we saw Ford completely lose all their Warlock abilities, yeah. and I don't think they're going to go the same route of Lordna, you know, discovering another patron. Um so yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting what happens in that regard. Yeah, I do. The two things that I want to see from Laudna's story. Uh, mm. One, I think I would love to see her be like true resurrected as herself again, mm. or something. That however, that works. Um, full of life once again. Or two, uh, and this is the angstier one. Is I want Delilah to take over Laudna's body, and there to be a huge climactic battle. Or then they have to maybe resurrect the soul of Laudna once again once they defeat mm. Delilah. That's what yeah. I want to see. That's what <sighs> Revenants I mean. are cool. Revenants are so yeah. cool. Just, just, yeah. 
It's awesome. They generally revenants. No, wait, she revenant. No, she's not a revenant. She's a hollow body. Or, yeah, hollow ah, body. Yeah. I was gonna. Yeah, because I was gonna say. I was gonna say revenants don't normally come back. Mm-hmm. Um, but a hollow body. This. No, it's such a new feature. It's such a new class. It's such a new. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, race option that you know the possibilities are endless for what you can do with those guys. Yeah, but speaking of endless and unlimited possibilities exandria unlimited is coming back (laughs) we got exandria unlimited calamity coming back uh and they dropped a really awesome teaser trailer for it uh the other day it was super sick oh um interesting point of order uh in that trailer there's like flashes of um a character and it looks like Vespin Chloris? Chloris? Yeah, the guy who... The guy uh, that started the comedy. Yeah. Timeline-wise, it seems like they've probably filmed EXU Calamity like like maybe a little while ago because we we mentioned it in that episode when his journal was found why they were so like, oh my God, oh my God about it. And because it yeah. was Travis and it was Marusha and it was Sam and they're the ones that are playing in the oh. in the in the game. So I'm thinking this was filmed a little while ago. Uh-huh. Then they've continued with campaign three to give mm-hmm. them a big break, essentially yeah. a summer break. Um, but that's yeah, because that's like when that when they react, it's like, oh, yeah. like well, how do they how do they remember this shit from yeah, campaign one? Because he, um, I think he was kind of brought up in the the history of Alexandria video that they had put out. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is interesting. So I remember like, when that happened, when they found the journal, yeah. and it was the person was named, and they were like freaking out. I was like, "Wait, why do they care?" <laughs> yeah, what? So that's actually, yeah. that is that's a really good, good, uh, good point. Yeah, so I'm thinking there's like some some timeline. Remember the huh. name for the book? Yeah, it could be that. I think. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That. Ultimately, um, it's gonna be. But so it sick. looks really good. Yeah, Red it, it, it seems like it's incredible. gonna be very dark. I hope it is at least. Um, I, I love I love the the teaser they have for it because yeah you got Brendan Lee Mulligan as the DM and yeah. his intros are always so bright it's like welcome to the game that we are playing yeah. together and then in a heartbeat he's gonna turn and be like the calamity is right like he yeah, will yeah. switch <laughs> like um I really hope they manage to stop the calamity that'd be cool imagine if they do and this is like an alternative timeline oh shit. That'd be fun. Be. This is an alternative universe. Multiverse of Madness. We brought it back. Well, because then, because I had some theories about it, they could pull, like, I don't know if you've seen Star Wars Rogue One, but they could pull something mm. like that because they're playing as heroes of Exandria. So they're probably yeah. playing as, like, level 15 plus characters oh, in, cool. this, in this one shot. So what I could yeah. see happening, because it either ends or starts with the Calamity starting, mm. they could all die. Like, depending on who they're yeah. playing, oh, like, they could all yeah. die by the end of it. Because not many people... I mean, people survive the Calamity, yeah. but, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't much of a survival for a long time. Right. Like, And because the trail also... The Calamity lasted a long-ass time, too. Yeah. It shows them almost essentially, like, being on a floating city. I've, you know what would be cool? This would be cool. And it's probably not going to happen, but it would be cool. It would be cool if the... Is it four episodes? Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If they took place in different time periods or like a different, oh, like, so like, yeah. you know, there's like year gaps between yeah, the sessions. That's interesting. Um, 
so we could role play the entirety calamity, the entirety uh-huh. calamity, entirety <laughs> of the calamity, um, not even just the start. If it could be like you know, the beginnings and then mm-hmm. it's happened and the the crux of it and then getting towards the end of it, that'd be that'd be kind of cool. That I don't think really it's cool. Happen. I think it's going to be very much them just you know, running around the city trying to stop it from happening. Oops, it happened. Um, mm-hmm. Yep, which That's is cool too. Be. I'm sure it's cool too. <laughs> Yeah. And, and when it was uh, unveiled that it was happening, Sam was saying that your jaw is going to drop in the first 10 minutes. Um, so I'm wondering. If Maybe it happens. In the first yeah, that's why I'm wondering. I'm wondering if it like kicks off like right away and we have like an almost um, like Chroma Conclave type scene play out where all of a sudden the Betrayer Gods start appearing yeah. around or something. And, um, and that, um, that uh imagery of the gods during the calamity is wild the multi-story tall Uh behemoths of their avatars just fighting over cities um i love seeing just visual representations of the gods you're like oh they're just giant Mm -hmm. beings like this is wild Mm -hmm. um who's playing who's playing (laughs) pervon that's incredible who is that i feel i i know that character why do i who is that pervon was the the champion of the raven queen uh they got the death walkers ward from from his grave Mm. Uh, (laughs) yeah Yeah, because i think people were saying that the raven queen had already ascended yes Um, because i was like damn wouldn't it be cool if one of them played as pre-ascended raven queen Ooh, um, but oh. I don't think the timeline matches up yeah. for that. But that would have been cool. But been we cool might good. get like some Vasselheim lore because you know yeah. Vasselheim was uh-huh. the only city that managed to stay standing. Maybe um, we might get some Luxon stuff. Maybe, maybe. Well, Luxon predates the calamity, right? Probably did the did the Jorhasian Drow? They left the Underdark pre-calamity right maybe i don't know does anyone here watch critical role and tell yeah, us who, what happened <laughs> who, who, who has knows? seen critical role <laughs> i've never like layla's layla's crin because she did uh, it yeah luxon predates everything that's what i thought luxon is yeah. like yeah pre-everything because mm. um, they because the dynasty doesn't really worship the pantheon they worship the luxon yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah Lux's yeah, yeah. founding time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's how I remember it. When the betrayer gods were defeated and banished in the calamity, the drow returned to their subterranean cities. Yep. And then oh, they okay. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. We're we know we know what we're talking about. Here. Yeah. Uh, we always know. <laughs> what? Uh, but uh, I'm very excited for it. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be watching it as it airs. I might like wait uh, and like, you know, speed through it a bit, but I am very excited for it. I think it's going to be really cool. The Calamity is a really cool time period. They have an awesome cast. Um, this will be the first time I've seen Brendan Lee Mulligan DM because I haven't seen Dimension 20. Um, mm. so I'm excited it's to see how. It's, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Because um, from what I've heard, um, just from people who've, watched Dimension 20 and specifically from uh matthew perkins uh he described mm. brendan lee mulligan as like a like a faster paced dm um, well it's also edited it's also um yeah. it's also like you know it's it's mm. 
edited to take out like the 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 low points. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it is very fast and this is very kind of uh, not loosey goosey. That's not the correct term. Mm. It's because it is very you know he will he will provide the rules and then he just lets you play with them. Um, yeah. So it's gonna be it's gonna be really good. Um, very energetic DM. <laughs> yeah. Which is going to yeah. be interesting because the Calamity is a very dark and devastating time. So it's yeah. interesting to see how that uh, that personality, that DMing style fits in with this this narrative yeah. that they're running. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited. It's going to be yeah. good. It does mean we will have... Player. Yeah. It does mean we will have a month break from Campaign 3 coming up at the end of Ooh. May. Returning again June 30th. Um, so we'll have, you know, we'll have some time. We'll have some time. Mm. Um, but I suppose with all of that being said, is there anything else we wish to touch on? Oh my god. Episodes, EXU Calamity. I don't think so. So what do we got? We've got Lordner's Phylactery. Yep. We've got Imogen is Gollum. We've got Ashton. Just doing Ashton stuff. Ashton has know. a portal gun. Chetney is evil. Chetney is evil. Aurum's just along for the ride at this point. Like, yeah. uh, and Fern's just living her best life. Yeah. Fern's just, yeah. Fern is just, she's seen the potential and she's living living how she wants to live. And that's all we and, ever really want, isn't it? And we love her for that. Mm. Um, and so, I suppose, <laughs> with all of that being said, then, we can go ahead and call this one a wrap. So as always, everyone, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to everyone who participated in our live chat. And thank you to everyone who's going to be watching this when it uploads to YouTube or listening in on Spotify or Anchor or wherever else this podcast may find itself. We super appreciate your support. And if you're looking to support us further, be sure to follow us on Twitter at WhatTheSheepPod on Twitter. You can go ahead and follow us in the description down below is where the link is. Um, we post updates on when we're going live, when we have to cancel uh, and all that stuff. So... If you're looking just to stay up to date on the goings-ons with the What's She Podcast, be sure to follow us on Twitter. And also follow our own personal Twitters. Links to yeah, those are also sure. in the description down below. Um, but anyways, opinion. seriously, thank you all so much. It means a lot that you're all here. Don't forget to love each other. Spread the love to everyone you meet, to everyone you see. But most importantly, do not forget to love yourself. That is the most important thing you can do. So make sure you're taking care of yourself. Drink some water. Eat some food. Get plenty of rest. I'm proud of you. Thank you for being here. And so... All that being said, I hope you all have an absolutely wonderful rest of your morning, day, evening, wherever you may be on this glorious earth. And we'll see you all very soon. Bye, everyone. Bye. I would just like to take a second to give a huge shout out to all of my amazing Patreon supporters. Thank you to all of my expositors, Leah, Olivia, Sean, Pseudonym, The DM's Den, and Hannah. Thank you to all of my archivists, Annika, Daniel, Elliot, Emerson, Melissa, Noel, John, Linnea, and Matt. And thank you to all of my high curators, Adam, Caleb, Iamai, Andrea, Dustin, Rin, and Sylvia. Thank you all so very much for supporting me on Patreon, it truly does mean a lot to me. I hope you all have an absolutely wonderful rest of your day, stay awesome, and I'll see you all in the next one.